Welcome to LX2 Codependency. Um, I am live on Instagram, which will record and save onto my Instagram page, but also I am simultaneously recording the podcast. Um, it really just gives me something to look at while I'm recording the podcast. Um, but I wanted to come on and say hello. Um, and I wanted to take an opportunity to thank those of you who watched last time and uh, who also took an opportunity to follow um, LX2 Codependency Coaching uh, podcast. I will tell you that I am recording on the hottest day in Athens. It is 99 degrees and 4 p.m., uh, which is real dumb. Um, because I woke up and it was 81 degrees this morning. It does not cool down here at all in the evening when the sun goes down. So that's a little bit strange um, because I grew up in the high desert of New Mexico where uh, when the sun goes down, it gets cooler because we're at higher elevation. Apparently when you're closer to the ocean, uh, that doesn't happen. I'm assuming because I don't know anything about how weather works or all of the other things that I just talked about, making a lot of assumptions. But I'm a smart human. Maybe that's real. Uh, but I am going to be sweating profusely, and I just wanted to let you know that. So um, I am, for those of you who don't know me, I am Stella. I uh, ran a mental health practice for 10 years doing uh, therapy. And now I am writing a book on codependency coaching and um, continuing a podcast that I had started three years ago with a friend of mine. Um, so if you're new, those are the things you should know. If you're not new, then you know all the things and you're listening because you really enjoy the sound of my voice, which I have heard is very soothing, but I don't know about that. You'd have to check your audience. Um, I am thinking about doing a meditation kind of series on the podcast um, because I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist, um, so I do have a hypnotic voice, but um, I can also do, uh, you know, some brief 10-minute meditations specific on, like, detachment, codependency issues, mental health things. Um, I think that's something that uh, certainly the market <laughs> is saturated with, uh, although I have been trying to um, find meditation uh, Med like guided meditation things on like Spotify and different things and it's uh, it's more challenging than you think it is. Um, also, there's just a lot of um, monochromatic kind of woo-woo things that don't really speak to the spiritual soul that I am. So I think it might be a good idea to maybe create something that is a little bit more inclusive. Um, so I... I'm thinking about doing that. Also, I have really been um, work, working a lot on like doing my writing. And um, so I have like maybe five essays done. Um, but part of what I wanted to do today, especially on the podcast, um, was talk about two things specifically um, because they keep coming up kind of in, in my practice of like meditation and journaling, but also in, in writing. 
Um, and so the first one is self-love and I'll get into that in a little bit. And then the other one is really looking at the tools that you're going to need to do the codependency work. And, um, when I started to kind of think about it, I really started to think about like the things that would be helpful when you started to either read the book or work with a therapist or work with me if you wanted to do codependency coaching specifically with me. Um, there are some specific tools that you would probably need in your tool bag um, to start the work. It does feel very therapeutic. It is not therapy, um, but it is more coaching specific to the tools around codependency. Um, and so I want to get into that piece first because I think that's going to be uh, kind of the more important part. And then we'll get into self-love. I may do self-love and that sounds dirty. It's not, um, <laughs> later, um, or, you know, maybe have a separate podcast on it, but the tools for codependency work specifically. And I just pulled up my essay, uh, because that's going to kind of help give me some cues on how to do that. But, um, it's really important to have a high level of self-awareness. Uh, and I say self-awareness because you have to be kind of aware of what your shit is already. Um, in, in a lot of, uh, kind of Jungian and, um, witchy woo woo stuff. Like we look at our shadow self or the darkest kind of parts of ourselves that we have created and cultivated over a lifetime of challenges and damages and different things. And so it's that, that shittier coping skill part, um, that ha those coping skills have worked, but they're not like the best ones or the healthiest ones. And so really looking at that, is going to be important, but also to have the self-awareness of, you know, I am often triggered or activated by these, you know, behaviors from my partner, my parents, my, um, my friends really kind of sometimes are overwhelming. Um, but really kind of increasing your self-awareness to what would lead you to want to work on codependency. And so it's important to, have that level of awareness before you start the work. And so if you're just kind of going through life and you're not overly self-aware and we all know those people who aren't, they're just kind of, you know, this is who I am and this is what I do and they don't really want to work on it. And that's fine. And not everybody has to, but it's important to, to have a level of awareness to what it is that motivates us to want to seek out validation and approval from other people. Um, and so really kind of looking at, you know, when did I start this? Um, do I enjoy doing the behaviors that I'm doing? Do I get a reward from it? Because we, we don't do anything unless we get a reward. Like we're just, that's human nature. Um, but also like, where do I own that this problem that I am experiencing is a problem? And so that's where that level of self-awareness comes from. So it's looking at your shadow self, it's looking at your kind of shittier coping skills, but also looking at, you know, what triggers me to want to work on this. Um, and so I think having that level of self-awareness, having that um, ability to critically look at the tools and skills that you're using and whether or not they're helpful um, is a really good place to start. The next piece would be to uh, kind of create a team of humans and that could be one other human or it could be, you know, in my case, I have like 
five or six. Um, my daughter calls it the committee uh, for her group, but I really kind of adopted that. Um, but looking at the, the people that are going to hold you accountable, like who in your life is going to give you honest and real feedback because there are lots of people in our lives that will tell us what we want to hear, but they are not really good at saying, Hey, that was kind of fucked up. What motivated you to do that? Um, or I didn't really like that. Can we talk about how that worked out? So having a team of people, um, who are in your life that one will hold you accountable, but also are going to give you that honest feedback. Um, for some of us, that's going to be our really close friends. For some people, our really close friends are our parents. Um, in my case, one of my really close friends is my daughter. Um, and she fluctuates between like one of my best friends to one of my close friends to just my daughter. And she gives me that face of like, mom, can you not? Um, and so she's saved in my phone as can you not? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, there are people in my life that I can turn to. Um, fortunately for me, and it could just be, you know, my work. Fortunately, some of those people are therapists, and so they often will uh, hold me accountable in a therapeutic way and be like, let's process this in a way that tell me about your mother. Um, no, they're, they're not that kind of therapist. Um, but they are really amazing at being able to help me when I am stuck with a problem, challenge, or issue. Um, and so having those people in your life, what you will find is you do this work, and especially when you're telling them, like I'm working on codependency and I'm really looking at my patterns and behaviors, um, there might be people who don't stick around. And those people are the ones that are going to be the ones that have really benefited from you not having boundaries. Uh, they're going to be the ones that benefited from you never saying no and doing things out of obligation. And so it's great to start this work with kind of a, a padded team. We've got a lot of extras uh, because you will lose people while you're doing this work. Um, but it is important to, to kind of recognize that. So you're really looking at like who is in your life that is benefiting from your boundaries or lack thereof. Um, and you know, tangentially, they'll also be doing work with you because then as you have these conversations and, and have these questions, they'll start to question themselves and really looking at like, well, well, how do I feel when you say no? Um, what does that look like? you know, when I say no to you. Um, and so those people are going to be the ones who are also kind of, you know, by proxy doing the work that you're doing. Um, so the having the team is super important and also recognizing that team changes over time, especially as you get better. Um, this work is emotional and it is difficult. And oftentimes it's going to feel, like I said earlier, it's going to feel therapeutic. It's going to feel like therapy. And even though, I am a or formerly licensed therapist. The information doesn't go out of my head because my license isn't active. Um, this is not therapy. And so when you're, when you're reading the book, when you're going through kind of the questions and it activates a lot of the emotional response that you're having, it's going to be important to have somebody, ideally a professional whom you can go to and kind of process further. Um, if you're not doing coaching with me specifically, but you're just reading the book or, um, kind of watching these videos and, and, you know, doing the, the questions yourself, it's going to be important to maybe have somebody. So if you don't already have a therapist, uh, probably a good idea to get one. Um, for my clients, it's a good idea to use the list that I gave you because we are not doing that. Um, but it's important to have somebody who is 
objective to be able to process these things with you. The, the, the codependency does not happen um, just randomly. It happens over time and it certainly is reinforced by certain behavior. And so it's important to recognize that um, when you are dealing with learned behavior and then you're trying to learn new behavior, having the support system to be able to help you unlearn those things or help you kind of recognize where that comes from is super important. Um, and so I do recommend, you know, either getting a therapist or, or getting in touch with your old therapist or whatever you need to do because I think that's important. Um, kind of the last piece of the tools that you'll need when you're doing this kind of work is um, to really increase your ability to have patience with yourself, compassion with yourself, and to give yourself grace. Um, because as you continue to kind of work on addressing the behavior that you have been exhibiting or doing for probably your whole life, um, once you start getting better, it has been my experience, both personally and professionally, that people start to beat themselves up and, and kind of really get down on themselves for accepting less than, you know, stellar experiences from other people and, and especially not having boundaries um, because we're, it's not normal for us to have them. You know, sometimes boundaries are taught, but they're not taught in a way that's reinforced. And so it's going to be helpful for you to have that compassion with yourself and to give yourself grace. Um, the other thing that I know to be true is especially even for myself, and I've been doing codependency work for a long time, almost 11 years now, maybe longer. Um, I will fall back into old patterns and there are certain things that trigger those patterns for me um, because, you know, I have been a person who has codependency issues for my whole life and, um, you know, some of those are easier to, to fall into, especially when I'm, you know, kind of conflict avoidant or uh, I've learned to shut down my emotional response. Um, my boundaries are not always great, and, and certainly I'm always working on communication skills, both teaching them and practicing them. Um, and so sometimes I'll just run away. Like, I'll just not engage because it's easier for me to do. Um, but I have to be compassionate with myself and give myself grace, especially when it comes to using my skills, um, because I use them every day. And I'm not always perfect at it. I'm not always perfect at everything, at anything. Perfect at everything. Um, I, <laughs> I made scrambled eggs this morning and they came out a little more done than I wanted, but they were delicious and it was fine. Um, and so the, the reason I say that is, you know, anytime we're using skills, even skills that we've had for a long time, um, it's not always going to be perfect. And so having that grace and compassion with yourself is going to be important. The other thing is to have patience. Um, I have sucked at patience uh, many times in my life, um, and I'm still working on it today, especially when I am working on things that are new or challenging. Um, in writing, I have been a procrastinator my whole life, um, and so especially when I'm like writing papers or doing whatever for um, for school, when I have to do when I had to do notes for work, like I would fuck around for a long time before I actually got down to doing it. Um, of course, being here, that's my goal. My goal is to write. My goal is to make content. My goal is to record podcasts. Um, 
And so I have to be patient with myself, especially when, you know, my arthritis is flaring up or I didn't get much sleep the night before or it's hot as fuck, um, 99 degrees, very warm. Um, but if I'm not patient with myself, then I get really negative. And, you know, I've, I've talked about the asshole in your head. It's definitely um, something that I default to often. Um, and so I have to be patient with myself when I'm not, you know, at the top of my game. Um, and certainly since I've been here, finding my way around, figuring out the language barrier, uh, you know, I had to go to the store like three times in the last three days because I kept forgetting things because you can only buy a certain amount of stuff because your refrigerator is tiny. Um, but I forgot eggs like both times. And so <laughs> this morning when I went on my run, I left extra time to go to the store and I felt very accomplished because I bought eggs and then I scrambled them and then I burned them a little bit, but it's fine. Um, I did have some wicked ass French toast on a bri like brioche kind of challah bread. It was sweet. It was perfect. It was something I don't normally eat. And I was very pleased with myself. Um, and so, you know, self-indulgence that'll lead us right into the self-love. Um, one of the things that I have been practicing since oh, it's been a while, like certainly, uh, the two years before I came out here, um, and maybe the four or five years before that, like self-love has never been like my top go-to thing. But what I know to be true is like specific to codependency um, and, and the need or, or uh, drive to be validated or um, approved of by other humans comes from that place of like, I don't know my worth or value unless someone else is telling me, right? And so uh, my worth and value comes from being needed. My worth and value comes from being... Um, smart, my worth and value comes from paying for stuff, my worth and value comes from, um, you know, all of these external factors, right? Um, and certainly in, in the time that we live today, the time that we live today, I sound like an old person, which I am, it's fine. Um, we do a lot for, uh, for likes and, and approval in that way. Um, and so I talk a lot to clients, especially when I'm doing codependency work about really recognizing what that quick fix is for them. Right. And so, um, in one of the chapters, I talk about how my need for adult validation started very early. Like I, I was identified as gifted when I was very small. Um, I was, and you know, am the oldest of all these humans. And so, I was helpful and, and responsible and all of the things that come with that. But getting adult validation was important to me. Um, and, it, and it was fostered when I was really young. So really recognizing that um, that external validation, that external approval, that external love is going to be based on whatever it is I'm doing, that is kind of the crux or the core of codependency. Um, and, and so really recognizing, like, I don't want to have conflict. I don't want to have, um, I don't want to make people mad. I don't want people to feel hurt or disappointed or whatever. And so I will do these extra things so that they give me approval, validation, and love. And so if you are giving that to yourself consistently, 
um, then you don't actually need those other things. And that's not to say that, you know, you're going to go on the rest of your life being an asshole. What that means is that you will actually just show up being able to be loved and accepted and all of those things because you are just because you exist and you don't have to do extra stuff that you can actually have boundaries and people will honor them. And a boundary is not, and we'll talk more about boundaries later, but it's not about telling people what they can't do. It's really recognizing what you don't want to do. It's really recognizing, I don't want to go to your baby shower. Like, I just don't. I don't want to go to that birthday party. I don't want to go to, I don't like parties. I mean, uh, I don't like parties I don't like, right? So uh, bridal showers, baby showers, uh, kids parties. I don't want any of that. Um, I don't want to go to a party where I don't know a lot of people. Like if my friends are having a hangout and I know that, you know, there are going to be a lot of people there that I know, then yes, I want to go to that. Uh, but if it's like a schmoozing situation or I don't, I don't like those things. And so I don't want to go. Um, that doesn't mean I don't love you. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to participate in your life. That just means that my needs are, I don't want to do that. It creates anxiety for me. It creates resentment. It creates frustration. So my boundary is the thing that I can control is I don't want to go. Now, that being said, it's important to really recognize that our boundaries are about us and our behavior. They are really not about someone else's behavior. And so to get us back to the self-love place, like I'm going to do what honors my instincts and my needs first before I take care of anybody else's. And that sounds selfish, right? Selfish is not a bad thing inherently, unless you're, you know, I don't know, a complete and total asshole. But if you're a complete and total asshole regardless, like that's who you are. Um, but it's important to really recognize that when you are taking care of your own needs, when you are instinctually doing what feels good for you, as long as it's not to the detriment of other people, then that's taking care of yourself. That is loving yourself. That is really listening to and honoring what your needs are. When you're doing that, and when it comes from this core kind of place, then you don't need that external validation. You don't need somebody else to pat you on the back and tell you you're great, because you already fucking know that. And, not, and, and it sounds arrogant, and it sounds conceited or whatever, but when you truly know my worth and value and my place on this planet and my ability to draw breath is valuable and important, then I don't need likes. I don't need people to pat me on the back and tell me I'm great. And, you know, I, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I do appreciate it. And I, I want to show up in that way because I want to, not because I feel obligated, not because I feel compelled to do it because, oh my God, you're not going to love me. Like, if you don't love me, that's okay. You don't have to. I'm not here for everybody to love. Like, you know, I show up and I love. That's who I am. That's how I function. But I don't need everybody to love me. I just need you to be human and, and act like a human being. And that's cool. And maybe drive right. Um, but those are things to, to really think about. When we think about what our needs are, when we think about how do I show up and love myself, well, I'm going to meet my needs first. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I have a snack. I will offer you a snack if you're here. If you don't like the snacks I have, then that's okay. Um, you know, I, I will, well, you know, those things that are, are organic to who I am, I will do them. But I make sure that I have water. I make sure that I have food. 
I make sure that I have a roof over my head. <laughs> I make sure that I have all of my needs met. And I do that first. And then I will make time and take care of other people. Um, which is actually what made me really good at my job was that I took my time. So I'm a morning person. I have a lot of energy in the morning. My goal in the morning is to take care of me. Because then when I'd go to work, then I could actually be present and take care of my clients in the way that, you know, therapeutically is appropriate. Um, but my mornings were for my exercise, my meditation, you know, um, making sure that I took my time so I didn't feel rushed. I would never schedule anybody before 10 a.m. Um, and when I was done, my last client was at 5.30, Monday through Thursday. Um, but I made sure that my boundaries were about my behavior and really taking care of me. That is the most important part of self-love, right? The most important part of honoring and validating who you are and what you need. And so I think that sometimes it feels really difficult to honor and validate yourself, right? It's so easy, easy. It's relatively easy <laughs> to uh, get that external validation, right? And, and if you're doing extra things, if you're doing things out of obligation, if you're doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, but you don't want to piss anybody off, then, you know, that's a quick and dirty fix. It's not the most sustaining way to manage, you know, your own validation. And so I think that that's the biggest piece to kind of helping this work along is to build that self-confidence and self-love so that you don't have to do extra things to earn your place at the table. You are worthy and valuable just because of who you are, not because you have done extra things or, you know, or are taking care of everybody or meeting everybody else's, you know, ego or their needs. Like you have to take care of you first. And once you take care of you, then it's a lot easier to say like, this is the piece that I have created. I want to manage all of this. The only way for me to manage all of this is for me to selectively choose who I let in here, who I allow in my energetic space, who I allow to take up space in my head. Like I'm going to choose me first. And that can be perceived however it's perceived by other people but I don't do it for other people. I do it for me. And, you know, it, it could have seemed very selfish to my clients or to, you know, to people around me as I was like, hey, I'm retiring. I'm going to quit and I'm going to move to another country. I will not be available for therapeutic sessions while I am in another country. Um, here's a list of, of therapists. I will not hand pick a, a therapist for you uh, because that's not one, I can't do that. You wouldn't have, most of them wouldn't have picked me if they, you know, had read my bio, but the ones that stayed were like, I probably wouldn't have picked you on my own, but I'm so glad that I did. Um, so I can't handpick a therapist for you. Um, I can't, you know, work extra late or do more things. We have a 50 minute session. And if you can't get it all figured out in 50 minutes, then we'll schedule you for next week. Um, you know, but that's, those are boundaries that I set up that everybody kind of knew the rules and would play accordingly. Um, and so that's going to be true with my friends. That's going to be true with my family. Um, that's going to be true with anybody who really knows me is that like, I don't fuck around with energy that I, that doesn't, that's not good for me. Like, it's just not. Um, 
So taking care of yourself first. The other thing to really pay attention to is um, intrinsically and intuitively recognizing what your needs are. Um, and so I talk a lot about really paying attention to um, when you feel like maybe there's a boundary or maybe you should have a boundary, right? Um, I was doing a presentation a few weeks ago before I left and I was talking to a room of therapists and so I was you know, kind of teaching them the codependency skills so that they could teach their clients. And one of the things I was, I was kind of instructing was to pay attention to how they feel in their body when a boundary is either being crossed or maybe when you need to have one. And one of the ways that I know that I should probably have a boundary is my body gets tighter. Like I, I, will, um, I will immediately kind of get defensive. I don't know how to describe that. I'm doing it on the video and it's going to be very interesting on the podcast if you're just listening. Um, but I, I feel it right in, in my body when I need to have a boundary. And so um, instinctually and intuitively, we know what we need now we've learned not to pay attention to that um but you know if you have babies or if you've been around a baby or you know whatever babies can't communicate their needs uh other than crying um and so we learn to intuit what their cries mean right so we learn to we even interpret if you know their language skills are not the greatest or if they have their own language, which a lot of kids do, we intuit what their needs are and we will try a million different things to be like, do you, do you want some milk? Do you want some juice? Do you want a snack? What do you need? Um, the same is gonna be true for us, right? And so we have to pay attention to, if I feel uncomfortable or if I'm feeling grouchy or if I'm feeling any feelings that are not stellar, I'm gonna pay attention to like, do I need to eat? Do I need to drink some water? Do I need to spend some time with a friend? Do I need a nap? Um, and, and certainly now in here without a schedule, uh, I'm really, really getting in touch with like what my body needs. And um, it's great because I am able to pay attention to those things and relearn what my body is saying to me and what my needs are. And so when I do that, then I feel better. And I organically move through the world being more comfortable in my skin. And so if I need, um, you know, if I need a snack, I can go to the cupboard. I can go out into the world and get a fancy snack. Um, fortunately, there are like 87 markets around me. Uh, but they're closed on Sunday, which is weird. Uh, <laughs> they also close at 2 o'clock because Greece honors the siesta hour in a half, two hours. So from two to four, a lot of things are closed, um, which I find fascinating. Um, because as an American and certainly driven by, you know, um, capitalism, <laughs> that would never happen. But I love that it happens here because now that I know, I make sure to get things done at noon. And then, you know, by 2.30, I'm on a patio having a siesta along with them and enjoying a snack. But Intuitively paying attention to like what your needs are is going to be really important. And especially when you need to pay attention to what your boundaries are and really looking at like, why did that interaction make me feel uncomfortable? Or what is it about, you know, what the, the time that I spend with them that makes me either tired or irritable? Maybe it gives me anxiety before I do it. What is that 
what is happening to me? When I pay attention to that, that is self-love. That is the ability to go, oh, I don't like that person because they really drain my energy. Or I, can, I like them. They're lovely. I can only spend this amount of time with them because it's exhausting. Or I don't have the emotional, energetic capacity to you know, hang out with Christine because she's exhausting. Um, or she's going through a lot right now and it's just a lot for me to carry and I just don't have it. But I'll send her a note and we'll schedule time later. But those are the kinds of things to pay attention to when it comes to self-love and really recognizing intuitively what your needs are. Because as you get better with boundaries and as you get better with um, really recognizing what triggers your anxiety, what makes you do the, the, the behaviors that are not helpful, like then you can start to go, oh shit, that's what that means. When, you know, when she says like, who are the people that push your buttons or who are the people you feel obligated to do things for? Or who are the people that um, you kind of learned those values from? you start to pay attention to that, right? So when you're paying attention intuitively to what your feelings are, what your um, energy level is, where you need to put a boundary, all of those things are part of self-love, really recognizing I'm gonna honor me first. I think I'm pretty fucking great. Um, I don't need that external validation. And when you can detach from those things, we talked about detachment last time, you're gonna have a much easier time doing this work. Now, it's not for everybody, and certainly if you need to put it down and come back to it later, that's fine, because that is giving yourself grace. That is being patient with yourself, because not everybody can do this kind of work, you know, and rush right through it. In fact, if you're rushing right through it, you're not doing it right. Like, it's taken me years to get to this place, and it's taken me years to get to the place where I wanna teach it to other people in a concentrated way, right? A lot of my clients I did have for months, if not years, and we had lots of time to process these things. Um, and so it was like one week, a session every week, like whatever it was to be able to kind of unpack this and, and work through it and kind of look at like, how did you do with that time you had to go to that party or how did that conversation with your mom go or whatever. Um, but we had lots of time, right? And so I want you to take time as you start to unpack this work, I want you to take time to really sit and recognize what it is that you want to get from this, and then how do you get there for yourself? For those of you who have been my clients, like you know that I am always going to ask you, like, how did that feel? Where did you feel it in your body? Tell me how that hard conversation was. You know, um, are you managing your anxiety okay? Those are the things that I want you to pay attention to that will inform that, you know, kind of intuitive self-love piece. I said a lot of words. We got viewers. Thank you so much for viewing. Um, I do want to encourage you to ask questions, right? So if you're missing something, if, you're, if there's something that you want to hear more about, um, I did get a Gmail. Uh, so it's lx2.cod.coaching. Uh, so I call codependency code all the time. So it's lx2 code coaching, lx2.code.coaching at gmail.com. So you can send me a message there. You can send me a message on Instagram um, and you can send me a message on Facebook. But the podcast has completed today. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, and I will be here next Friday doing it again. 
with the new um, with the new Gmail, I did get a YouTube, so I may start doing YouTube videos. I still haven't done the TikToks. I will. I've just it's I, I'm getting used to this, and so I'll get used to the rest. Um, but thank you again. Um, check it out, share it if you find value and worth and all the things. Don't do it for me, but do it for yourself. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I do it for however you want to do it. I, you know, I'm going to do this either way because I enjoy doing it. Um, and I enjoy doing it because I do really find value in uh, recognizing that this work is important. And so um, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to do it here until November, and then I'll be doing it in Italy. And so, uh, yeah. You get to come with me. I'm going to be posting some pictures of the adventure I took this morning. Um, if you watch the reel I did this morning, there was this awesome part in the park that had just like benches around a tree. It was gorgeous. Um, and so I, I find new stuff in that park all the time. Uh, I found a cool church because uh, I took a couple wrong turns. And there are churches literally everywhere all over Athens, uh, which I love taking pictures of them. And if you know me, it's kind of ironic and funny. But I, I do love... <laughs> the architecture, um, and the just the sacred space of a church. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to end the podcast. I'm going to end this video. Um, take care. It was really good seeing you guys. All right, that is the end of the uh, podcast. I uh, just finished the live version. If you want to see the live, it's going to be at x to the zennial underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can also probably find a link at the Luna X2. So it's Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC uh, at Instagram, also on Facebook. You heard the Gmail. I am out. Take care, guys.